From what's on to what matters. It's Tracy Mack on Newcastle in the Morning. Only on Newcastle Live. The New South Wales Premier has reportedly put Newcastle Stadium forward as an option for the Men's Rugby World Cup in 2027 and also the Women's Rugby World Cup in 2029. Both were announced last night. It could be a great opportunity for Newcastle and the Hunter. Not only could games possibly be played here, it is a tourism opportunity and it is also a chance for some of the the teams and the countries that are playing in that World Cup to house themselves here in the Hunter, similar to what happened with the Sydney 2000 Olympics. Joining me on the line now is the president of Newcastle Rugby. It is Glenn Turner AM. Good morning and thanks for your time, Glenn. Thanks, Tracy. It's an exciting announcement, isn't it? We, I mean, obviously it was a fait accompli. We knew that it was happening, but it was still exciting last night to actually have that announcement officially made. Well, you know, it's always wonderful to have confirmation of, you know, particularly after all the planning that went into this. And I think your summary of the introduction of this um, uh, cast was um, very appropriate. It, it, it's ticked all the boxes, you know. It's not only games, it potentially, go, well, it, it certainly slotted that it'll be a game at Hunter Stadium. It'd be one of the pool matches. But that brings in uh, so many tourists and uh, the opportunity to actually host one or two teams in the Hunter would be uh, outstanding. And that's what we've got to go really hard at now. We really do, don't we? And uh, you know, and we are so well known for uh, for rugby here in the Hunter. It is so loved and adored. Will Newcastle Rugby be part of putting forward some applications, or does this all go through uh, through uh, yeah, higher than us? Well, Hunter Rugby will make representation through New South Wales Rugby to Rugby Australia, but Hunter Rugby has already been in direct contact with Rugby Australia. So we have, uh, I've had a number of conversations uh, with Rugby Australia about this, so we'll be pushing very hard for Hunter Stadium for, for at least that one game, and it'd be nice to think more. But the thing is, what we do now need is, is government, government, plural, to now invest in the facilities we've got, because these World uh, Cup rugby games, male and female, require significant um, very high standard stadia um, in, in all aspects, not just the playing surface, but also facilities for patrons. Um, so we've got to get on and get some investment going in, in uh, the um, McDonald Jones Stadium and I would suggest other grounds where we need some better turf. We really do, don't we? Now, you've been involved with Hunter Venues for a long, long time. You've been uh, been part of what's gone on over there. What do you see as the additional uh, you know, areas? What do we need additionally over there at McDonald Jones Stadium to bring this up to World Cup standard? Well, I'm not really sure, Tracy. I'm a little bit distant from the actual whatever the plans might be for the stadium. But uh, clearly, we've got there's two ends with both hills, and it would be much better if it was um, uh, there was maybe some stands. And then, of course, the western stand um, is now pretty old, and obviously could do with an upgrade. Mm. And look, the other thing is, you know, I was uh, I was there a couple of weekends ago watching the Newcastle Jets, and we have one screen at uh, at the at the the harness racing end, which is spectacular. Of course, it came from Parramatta Stadium, so it's a second-hand uh, screen. The screen at the other end, which is the hockey end, it virtually doesn't even work. You know, it's things yeah. like that. It's basic stuff like that, isn't it, that needs to be repaired and and brought up to that standard. Absolutely, absolutely. The uh, um, getting the the um, additional screen from out of Parramatta some years ago was a real coup and we nearly had another but it didn't quite get there but the the one that's there at the southern end is very humble 
and uh, totally inadequate. And if it's almost as old as me, my friend. It's uh, it's quite old, that one. Well, it's not that old then. <laughs> oh, God bless you. God bless you. Now, look, I mean, the other the other side of this is, of course, you know, um, what we saw with the Socceroos and, uh, you know, when we qualified for that World Cup and, and the way that soccer was embraced in this country and, you know, the same with the Australian, uh, you know, with the AFC. Do you see this as the chance for rugby to really step up in, uh, in you know, in, in the eyes of everybody and uh, give it a chance to really increase the popularity and involvement at grassroots? Well, I certainly do because the, these World Cup events... And bear in mind, they're the third biggest event after the Olympics and then the Soccer uh, World Cup. But they bring a lot of international attention. And, for instance, you might, in the same announcement, it's been announced that America's got the two following World Cups. Mm. And this is um, the second time it's gone to a tier B or to a B category um, uh, game or country mm. but um, after the success of the game in Japan which I went to was just extraordinary mm. and um, was a great showcase for Japan and a great many people went there and now want to go back and the same thing will happen with rugby here from a tourist point of view but from a participation point of view this gets younger people into the game and it also gives anyone that's aged sort of from 16 on that's in the game it gives them something they can really think about well what standard do I want to play because I have might have the opportunity to get into a team to play there in the World Cup in my own country. So yeah. it all helps and the, the publicity around it and, the, and all the wonderful safety protocols that exist in rugby now make it, uh, it's going to make it a, a sport, it is already a sport that you can, young children can play in the game and girls play in the game and all the way through to um, even the golden oldies that play over 65s and all that sort of thing. It's a wonderfully safe game now. Uh, you've got to be trained for it. But participation rates is what we've got to come up with. And we want, I think, the Rugby Australia target is something like 30% increase in participation. And I think uh, we'll certainly be aiming for doing more than that in Hunter. You must be very pleased with how, the obviously, the Hunter wildfires have come back into the competition. You must be very pleased with how that's all going so far. Well, I think they're proving to a lot of people that um, we can be very competitive. And uh, I, there's an enormous amount of work gone in by a, 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 well, a large number, but particularly, you know, always the leaders of, of, of that group um, to, to make this happen. They're making it happen and we're getting success on the paddock. And I think we can make the Hunter an extremely um, powerful zone uh, and the work going into the Hunter Juniors at the moment is just extraordinary. The number, the rugby now in the schools, primary schools and secondary mm. schools, it's growing. And um, that's, again, due to the efforts of others. And they've aligned themselves with the Hunter wildfires so that people can come through the system, play with their clubs, or if they're good enough, they can go and play with the wildfires in the Colts sides and um and ultimately the shoot shield. Now, I know you've got a finger in so many pies uh, in the Hunter at the moment. What is the best way? How, as a tourist industry, can we uh, can we capitalise on this as well? I mean, obviously, knowing it's five years away, the work's got to start now. It doesn't start in 2026 or 2027. It starts now. What do we need to do to get, uh, to get people here to the Hunter to experience us? Well, look, that's not my long suit, uh, Tracy, but um, if you notice, for instance, the Rugby World Cup in, in France next year, now, the issue of tickets for that, which is um, still 12 months, 15 months away, 
18 months away. The issue for tickets for that took place another 12 months ago, mm. 15 months ago. So the same thing's going to happen in Australia. There's going to be a demand for tickets which is going to raise the profile of the country, it's going to raise the profile of the game. And I think we'll find that um, the, the two, the, those people that are um, far more skilled than I am in, in, in the tourism sector will be able to take advantage of it and suggest some strategies. And I know that people like tour, um, Destination New South Wales, uh, in New South Wales, I, you know, the, the directors of that organisation, there are a number of them that have a rugby background. So they'll be pushing pretty hard to make sure that New South Wales... Um, stumps up for as many games as it can possibly get and, and the th- tourism that goes with that. And look, that's Both before Sydney, and after the game, by the yeah, way. Yeah, that Sydney Football Stadium, will, uh, you know, once it eventually opens, it will be something very impressive and, uh, and it really will be a showcase venue. Absolutely. It's a wonderful stadium. I can tell you, I've, I've sort of been there and um, it's going to be an absolutely, it's a crack of a stadium and it's going to be something that everyone in New South Wales can be very proud of. But New South Wales government need to continue to invest in that stadium and have its stadia strategy if you're going to continue to attract Rugby World Cups and Soccer World Cups and, and, and other World Cups that will come. When, uh, you know, you just have to invest in facilities. And it's the same as a house, isn't it? Yes, it's wonderful. We've got those two uh, two magnificent stands over at, uh, at McDonald Jones, but Work needs to continue to be done. It's exactly like your house. You need to update your bathroom. You need to update your kitchen. That needs to be done over at that stadium as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and the Eastern Stand is very good. And the standards of the Eastern Stand are very good. And it caters very well for um, women's rugby. And there's enough uh, change rooms and and training facilities to be able to accommodate um, a, a number of teams on any one day. But the Western Stand does need a, a significant revamp. And as I said, both of the ends, both the north and the south, need to be uh, looked at very hard as to what would be the, the, the most um, efficient and impressive facility that we could build. And it'd also be good if we could get internet over there as well, Glenn. That would be really handy because the minute you get more than 20,000 people over there, you cannot get anything out of there. Well, Tracy, some time ago I learned that when you build stadia, which we've done at Bank West and uh, has been done in, um, uh, in Sydney at the Sydney Football Stadium, is you need to make provision for mm. people to have five streams. That's exactly Because right. as well as watching the game, you're making a bet mm. or you're videoing or taking a video stream of another game at the same time that's been done. Then somebody talks to you and then you want to text somebody across the road, across the you know the stadium. Mm. And when I learned that it's, you've got to make provision for five, and that's many years ago, by mm. the way, I was just blown away. But it's true. Yeah. That's what the mobile phones become. So absolute bandwidth is absolutely essential. But 5G is helping immensely mm. with that. Well, CenturyLink over uh, over in Seattle where the uh, the Seahawks play, you know, it's sponsored by Verizon and I've never experienced anything like it. You've got 80,000 people in that stadium and the speed that, at which you can, uh, can watch and do things on your mobile is just incredible. They're just so far ahead of us with that stuff. Well, yes, I, that, well, the, that particular stadium is, mm-hmm. yes, but certainly in terms of the rollout of 5G, mm-hmm. we, we, we're doing pretty well in this country, mm-hmm. but we can do a lot better. We certainly can. Well, listen, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. The thing I'm most looking forward to is that we are finally going to be able to explain to the Americans the difference between rugby and rugby league because they just think it's both the same game, my friend.
Well, they, they, they some of them do, but mm-hmm. having been to America on rugby trips, they've got their own very passionate cohort of people who play rugby, and it's growing very well in the, in the United States of America. Getting two World Cups for them, 32 mm-hmm. or 33 or 31, 33, is going to be immense mm-hmm. for the game of rugby. But before then, we will be setting the standard here in Australia. We certainly will. Thank you so much for your time, and I look forward to uh, to chatting with you as, uh, as this does progress and as we find out more and more but uh, fingers crossed it's going to be fantastic for rugby here in Newcastle and that's uh, that's what we care yeah. about the most and rugby in the Hunter because mm. uh, there's some great facilities uh, in the Hunter as well that uh, will will be I'm sure utilised during the Rugby World Cup definitely thank you for your time Glenn I greatly okay. appreciate it okay bye bye that is Glenn Turner AM who is the president of Newcastle Rugby and uh, obviously has spent many many years on uh, the boards of Hunter Venues, Venues New South Wales. He spent a lot of time seeing what's required for stadia around uh, around the country and around the world. And he is spot on. That venue over there, McDonald Jones Stadium, it is lovely. It's beautiful. But it needs a refresh. It's time. We need to fix those ends, those ends that have been promised for many, many years. We need to get that fixed. But no, of course, we're going to spend $485 million down at Penrith to fix their stadium up, to buy a trotting track that's in the way. So let's just spend it down there, hey? Let's not worry about Newcastle and the Hunter. It's time for us to start demanding more here in our town. Newcastle in the morning takes you through the big events and the most talked about stories of the day that matter to you and your life. From what's on to what matters, Tracy Mack takes you beyond the headlines, what it is, why it matters and how it impacts your daily life. Tracy Mack brings you Newcastle in the morning, weekdays from 9 on Newcastle Live.